This is Science Friday. I'm Ira Plato. You want to hear a joke I heard this morning? Here it is. How do you know that climate change is a joke? Even the Antarctic ice sheets are cracking up. I don't know how well I told that, but I know that climate crisis is certainly no joke. But that doesn't necessarily mean we can't laugh about it. Research suggests that comedy is a really powerful way to connect people and to get them to empathize with a cause, and the climate crisis is a pretty big one. So today we're talking climate comedy. What does science say about the power of a good laugh, and how does that fit into the climate movement? Let me introduce my guests. Esteban Gast is a comedian in residence at the clean energy nonprofit Generation 180. He's joining us from New York. And Dr. Katie Borum is executive director of the Center for Media and Social Impact at American University in Washington, D.C. Welcome, both of you, to Science Friday. Thanks, Ira. Big fan of the show. Yeah, I hate her. Esteban, let let me start with you. I'm laughing already. Uh, Why did you start including climate jokes in your stand-up? I think I I was doing comedy for a while. When you're doing stand-up, you're just really trying to bring on stage the things that you're thinking about in the world around you. And I think I was nervous for a long time to talk about things that felt a little bit deeper. Like I was like, okay, I can stick to dating. I can stick to my, you know, my parents are immigrants and I'm the youngest child. Um, And it was a few years ago. I was like, you know what I'm thinking? The way I'm on stage doesn't really reflect what I'm doing during the day, which is I'm like going and and trying to be involved in environmental movement and activisty things and education, social change. And then I'm like forgetting that on stage. So I think a, a little bit ago, I was like, what if I just connect all these parts of myself and on stage am owed up to the fact that I'm reading these very nerdy environmental uh, news things and I'm very anxious about climate change and I feel like a hypocrite, but I don't know where to express that. So it was just like a natural expression of the comedy that I wanted to create. I just think it took a while for me to like build up the courage, yeah. if that makes yeah. sense. Well, let's listen to one of your jokes. Let's hear a joke. This is you talking about that quiz that tells you your personal carbon footprint. It just, you like, like, they're like, do you drive a car? And then you say yes. They're like, you pollute. They're like, do you buy water bottles? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, you pollute. So it's this list that makes you feel guilty. That's the only, I grew up Catholic, so I'm like, guilt, baby, bring it on. So it's this list, and it makes me feel guilty. I did it in high school. I just found out the list was invented and created by BP, the oil company. Isn't that wild? In the BP, known for spilling oil into the ocean, was like, do you drive a car? Whoa, that's bad. You are BP. Wow. Wow. Made by BP. I had no idea. Yeah. (laughs) I found that out, that the personal carbon footprint, a genuine thing that I took in high school, was created by specifically BP and supported by the fossil fuel industry to shift blame onto individuals. And... And that just blew my mind. I was like, I need to talk about this. Right, right. Katie, you study science and comedy. Tell us what makes this joke work. Yeah. So a couple of things that Esteban is doing there, which is fun because Esteban and I actually work together. So I'm just going to analyze his joke right in front of him, which is very exciting. Part of how we're persuaded through comedy about civic and social issues, including comedy, is actually the affection for the speaker. 
So we're persuaded in a couple of different ways in basic messages. One is through our cognitive minds that tell us like, oh, I'm weighing the merits of the message and do I agree with that message and does it match with my identity and all kinds of different things that we're doing in our brains. But then when it comes to comedy, it's also about the entertainment value and it is very much about the affective persuasion, the heuristic persuasion, meaning do we like the person telling the joke? So Esteban has this really lovely, self-deprecating, funny way of delivering comedy. So when we like him, we're more willing to find him authentic and interesting. Probably the most important thing that we always think about with comedy as a force for social change and social good comes from its kind of original definition from Aristotle, which was comedy as a form of social critique. So Esteban, by taking a little bit of a poop on BP, (laughs) is encouraging us to find a little social critique there. So I would give Esteban an A for that joke. This is, I wish listeners could understand how uncomfortable I was hearing all of your compliments, (laughs) but thank you so much in such a public forum. You know what? Not all your jokes, Esteban. (laughs) Give me another one. I'll kill it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is carefully edited to make me look good. Well, we we want to make you look good. Uh, your recent book, Katie, is called "The Revolution Will Be Hilarious." So, what do you mean by that? So, "The Revolution Will Be Hilarious" is really all about the ways in which comedy already works as this really potent cultural and persuasive force in encouraging us to be attracted to think about issues that are complex and dire. Comedy is a way to make messages memorable. It has a sleeper effect. We can hold on to messages. We're much more likely to share messages that come through comedy, which means it's amplified across culture. Those of us who dedicate our work and professional lives to trying our little part to make the world more just and equitable and kind and better, you know, when we think about all the forces that are at play that do that work, so science, journalism, sometimes we forget about comedy. Yeah. And I'm not sure why. So that really is the revolution will be hilarious. Don't forget about the comedians because they've been doing this for thousands of years. Tell us why comedy is a good way to, to think through a, a tricky topic like climate change. Yeah. So when we're thinking about, again, social and civic topics that are complicated, and let's just isolate climate change because that is why we are here. So climate change is so technocratic. It really is very, very complicated to put up mildly. One of the things that comedy does really well, because a joke is not funny, If you cannot isolate the essence and the simplicity of a scenario, Mm. a joke never works when you have to have too many layers or too much explanation, like you've completely lost your audience and you're not going to get the laughs, you're not going to succeed. So just at a really, really basic level, when we think about people trying to understand sort of regular people trying to understand climate change, people don't like to admit that they don't understand the science and the technology. And by the time you sort of tune in even to the best journalism about this, you're already kind of like midstream in the story. Like, I don't understand two degrees. What does that mean? (laughs) Right. So comedy can really say without saying it like, hey, I'm going to break this down for you and kind of de-wonkify it for you and get it to the essence of of what we're talking about. So it's really helpful as a a force for um, kind of 
translation and simplification among many other powers. When you when you talk about climate change, do, do you do you worry about getting into the weeds too much and that that's going to stifle the joke? I mean, how do you know how much the audience is willing to take like like Katie says? Yeah. One of the things that I do is I always frame things like I'm along on the journey with them, right? So if we even if we go back to that um, carbon footprint joke, I'm not saying, hey, I'm here to deliver information with you. I'm the expert. If, if you notice, I go, oh my gosh, I did this. And then I found this out. And then it, I had this emotional reaction to it. In that wild, like the difference between me and a scientist delivering that, the difference between me and Al Gore, who's clicking through slides, is Al Gore goes, and this was created for this. Next slide. And then this did this. And I'm sitting there being like, okay, I was sitting where you were sitting, and I totally understand what you're thinking, and I was totally confused, and then I learned this, and then my mind is blown, and I'm here so we can think about this together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think that that helps. I, I do have a comedy <laughs> in small places. I'm what they call an emerging comedian, which means I perform in very small comedy clubs. Uh, so I'm not doing Radio City, you know, not yet. Um, not yet. We'll, we'll, we'll get you there. <laughs> yeah. we'll but after there. Science yeah. Friday, That's things exactly. are going to change. You get the sci-fi bump. Yeah. Uh, Katie, <laughs> Katie, uh, what about uh, doom and gloom? How do people react to that versus something that's more hopeful? Yeah, great question. And I really appreciate that one. You know, there are, there are some kind of watch outs when it comes to comedy and climate change. Although I will say my disclaimer is, I am a big, big fan and believer in creative and artistic freedom for comedians. I believe this is where true comedic innovation comes from when you don't stifle people right away. But we do know from research, since you've asked, that um, there are a couple of areas that are important to think about if you're making jokes about climate change. So one is that we know from lots of scholars' research, when we end up doing comedy that really picks up on the parts of climate change that have become unfortunately politicized and partisan with a capital P. When you tell jokes that, for example, take a partisan cue like climate change deniers, for example, that's become, that's a very, very partisan cue. It registers to everyone who you're talking about, where's the in-group, where's the expert, and you're kind of calling them idiots in your joke. It might feel really good because <laughs> who's still denying climate change? But it actually has a backfire effect. It's actually a boomerang effect. So what that does is send people further into their ideological camps and make them kind of hold on even more strongly right. to where they began. So that can be part of the doom and gloom. As we know, where we are in the climate change movement more broadly is a lot of people now believe and understand that climate change is real and that it is at least partially caused by humans. We know this from lots of public opinion data from Yale and Pew and lots of other places. But the issue is still one of efficacy, the idea that people still need to know what to do. We can know a lot about climate change, but that still might not inspire action. So back to the doom and optimism question, um, we know from some research about climate change and comedy that when we make people feel hopeful and efficacious, and from a social norms perspective, the idea that people actually really care about this we're much more likely to inspire people to do something than inspire them to just check out because um, the issue is so impossible. So if we're just telling jokes, for example, about terrible earthquakes, 
or fires or whatever. I don't even know how you make that funny, but someone can. All we're doing is really implying to people and outright saying there's actually nothing you can do about it. So just sit back and watch it. And that's not what any of us want when it comes to climate change. Well, how do you use comedy then to go in that opposite direction to instill hope in people? Well, one of the things that you can do is tell jokes that really imply to people that there are social norms that are really at work here. So when we talk about something like electric vehicles, for example, you should incorporate something that is a positive social norm, like, hey, um, electric vehicles, they're so hot that I'm going to use this, by the way, this is why I'm not a comedian. I'm about to riff on a joke that's terrible. It's not even a joke. But um, I'm going to get a hot date from my electric vehicle, whatever. There's a social norm there that's positive rather than like, I don't know where to plug this thing in and I'm never going to be able to make it work. It's very subtle, but we know from lots of social science that that's meaningful. Everybody go tell jokes about EVs. This is Science Friday from WNYC Studios. In case you're just joining us, we're talking about climate comedy. I have another joke from one one of your stand-ups. Uh, let, let's hear that now. There actually is hope. There's actually hope. Um, I don't know if you know this. A little few months ago, a little bit ago, the Biden administration signed uh, this thing called the Inflation Reduction Act. It's the most. It's the most meaningful uh, climate bill ever passed. Like the biggest and most comprehensive ever passed in U.S. history, and it's called the Inflation Reduction Act. How good is that? We've been trying to pass bills and then we just had the branding wrong. You know what I mean? I just love that we can't, like it has to be inflation reduction. Like you go and you go like, hey, should we save the earth? And Republicans are like, no. And then we go, should eggs cost less? And they're like, yes. That's that's an example of what you were talking about. Also, Ira, should we point out that uh, that that legislation is also named after you. <laughs> IRA. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I about it. I didn't mean to. I hope that makes it into the cut. Yeah, <laughs> shout out IRA. I, that's a great example where, where people don't know about the Inflation Reduction Act, actually, right? So they, they do in, in some of the places. But I think there's places where people don't know that that happens. So they go, oh, what has the government done for me? The Biden administration, what have they done? And obviously, I'm want them to do more and more and more. But I'm also like, hey, guys, there is a win we can celebrate. And let me bring it up in a silly, sassy way. But there is a win we can celebrate. Yeah, right? so that's that, that's interesting. Are there any topics where you think, oh, no, you can't joke about that? Or is it all is it all fair game? I would say uh, the short answer is no, all topics are fair game. The long answer is it just depends if it's a good and thoughtful joke, right? Are you are you punching up? If you are making a joke and the butt of the joke is about whatever climate migrants, then that just is not a good joke. That I would say that that person just comedically um, is not. But comedy has forever taken on the most serious topics. You know, if we think climate change is dark, I mean, there's specials recently about divorce and death and racism and sexism and every ism and they do it brilliantly some people do it brilliantly and it's less of what topic they touch and more of how they approach it mm -hmm. katie is the future of the climate movement funnier do you think 
Yeah, look, I think that we should say that uh, everything that we are doing is not entirely working. And so uh, we might as well invite comedy in. There are a lot of really great pieces of evidence about how comedy works on us socially, um, culturally, psychologically, to really get us to pay attention and pass along the message. And uh, the comedy punching up is a really, really important part of this. Psychologically, in groups, we feel bad when we laugh at someone's misfortune. There's a lot of exceptions to this, of course. Um, So getting the laugh is really easier to do when you're punching up at institutions of power. And of course, that's what comedy has always done well. So yes, I would say invite in the comedians. They're really good at getting people to think differently. Well, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you, Ira. Esteban Gast is a comedian in residence at the Clean Energy Nonprofit Generation 180. And Dr. Katie Borum is executive director of the Center for Media and Social Impact at American University in Washington, D.C.